0: My loves, I am so happy that you are listening to this episode today. I've got a real treat for you. I am speaking to Oi Dobie, who, well, basically she based her education and career on all the wrong things. Imagine admitting to that. She chose a path that others expected of her, which led to changing her major, jumping from job to job and finding herself always looking for the next big challenge. Does any of this sound familiar? then in her early 20s, when she was passed over for a promotion, which caused her to do some self-reflection. Although the pay was good, she realized she was tired, bored, and unfulfilled. She had chosen chosen a career that didn't quite align with her values, her passions, or her natural talents, and felt it was time to be more purposeful in her life. And if there was a way, and she was wondering, what if there is a way to teach young people how to figure this out earlier? A way to help them start their career in something fulfilling, something interesting and and maybe even enjoyable. What if she could save them from the years of struggle and unfulfillment that she had and so many others have experienced? As a result, Project Who Am I was born and for ever since she's been helping young people learn about themselves and apply this knowledge to their educational and career pursuits. I am just so thrilled that you're here today. Thank you so much. Because as I was just saying to you in the warm-up, I am seeing so many kids at the minute who are a bit like you, just sort of feeling unfulfilled and sort of feeling maybe stretched in the wrong direction. And even at this age, feel that, you know, and it it could be um, sort of teenagers or early 20s who are feeling... I don't know if I should be doing what I am doing, but actually I think the sad thing is, is they don't know what they should be doing. Does that sort of ring a bell?
1: Oh, yes. There's a lot of that going around. And I think, you know, it goes back to what you said. You you need to stop, think a little bit and be purposeful about your life versus just kind of doing what is expected of you or taking the opportunity that falls on your lap because it's easy a lot of times and I'm very guilty of that you know we have a tendency to take the easy route right Mm -hmm. Um, you know instead of looking for a particular job oh what's the job that fell on my lap because I know so and so and we're buddies or whatever right and so I I, I, you know I just want to say to the teenagers out there um, you're not alone, many are on this path, and parents have done this too as fo- follow the easy path, so yes, totally resonates
0: but the thing is is and and it is the easy path, but it probably doesn't feel like it because I do remember when I was sort of guiding well, gosh, in, in, all those years ago when I was trying to sort of work out where I was going, but also when I was trying to help my kids, it didn't feel easy at the time, but it just felt the way that it was always done it was the sort of cookie cutter approach and when we were going through this trying to find out a career that they wanted to sort of go through it felt like a real luxury to be able to say well hang on a minute what do I want to really do what to you know it's I don't know. Maybe, maybe that sort of sounds a bit silly, but it it just sort of are we even allowed to sort of think of the enjoyment point of view rather than uh, you know in our in my day it was well you need a job for life or you need something that sort of you know that that will stand you in good stead or you need something that gives gives you the right sort of um, financial sort of uh, recompense or whatever and I must admit fun and enjoyment never even came into the equation. I.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. And I actually had a conversation with a friend, or maybe it was a podcast I listened to, but at least here in America, I think that stems from, you know, generations of, you know, people coming to America. And when you come to a different country to start a new world, a new life, even now, immigrants coming over, they have to work super hard because it's a new country, it's a new opportunity, different language, you know, different environment, all these things. And if you, you know, generations later, I think just due to the culture within your family, within the society, we still feel like we have to work so hard to um, make a living. And the reality is it's not the same way. Um, You know, I my husband and I work really hard so our kids don't have to. And so this fulfillment and joy is it's it's so funny it's ironic. The fulfillment and joy is what we work so hard to give them. So let's let them have that, right? And another point about that is with technology and the advancements of technology exponentially giving people so much more ease in their life that's a huge factor also so we don't have to work as hard as we used to and yet we hold on to the societal um need to work really hard i i so
0: agree with that because i i got to the stage i'm sort of 57 now and i've sort of said to myself do you know what I'm going to go down to, I mean, working from five, I, I don't think there is ever, you know, sort of an easy route when you're um, when, when you're an entrepreneur. And we, we always sort of seem to pick the hard way. But I, I do remember sort of saying to myself, do you know what? I, I'm actually going to slow down. I've, I've worked hard enough and I'm going to go to three days a week. And I, It was only so when I was reflecting on that, I was thinking, hang on a minute, you've waited 57 years to give yourself permission to do this. And yet my daughter is, she's sort of saying, you know, she's 26. And she said that the way she's working now, that her company is saying, right, well, you can come into the office as long as it's six days within a fortnight, I mean, the other days, you know, it's granted you work from home, but let's be more flexible. And you know, if you, and and my husband, his his sort of, um, he his sort of companies sort will of go. You know, we are not going to police the hours that you do as long as you get your work done, sort of, you know, in time and on schedule. And I think it is. Is but things are beginning to shift a bit, is aren't they? Where we are allowing ourselves that opportunity to think slightly more outside the box than we used to.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because the environment allows it.
0: Yes, and I think that's the thing. I think, as you sort of said, you know, technology has had a massive impact on this. Um, But I remember, so just recently, um, Alice was looking. She was sort of changing jobs, and I remember her googling all these different companies. And I sort of, you know, sent her a link and said, "This place looks absolutely fantastic. This job is just what you need." And she re- responded. She said, "With respect, there's no way I'd work with someone like that." And I went, "Well, why not?" I said, "It's ticking all the boxes." And she said, "Have you seen their company values?" She said, "They don't link up with mine." And I sort of was thinking. Oh my word, that's certainly, you know, it it's a different market now. We are and and I'm having to re-educate myself in that our kids are able to maybe I mean forget supply and demand but they have given themselves permission to be slightly more choosy in the people that they sort of choose to work with and for because in my day it was listen there's a job that you know just just be very grateful that it's you know something that you can do but it's different now isn't it the way we are looking at who we are working with and for
1: Yes, absolutely. And and I'm glad you mentioned values because not only, you know, are companies being more transparent about their values and people are using it to say, is that aligned to my values? But values is, I think, something that's very um, understated as a way to purposely live your life. We just went through exercise in our family where you know, it's the new year, right? Yeah, and setting, But before I had um, our family kind of think about how they want to live their life this next year, I had them sit down and kind of pick, okay, for this next year, 12 months, what are your top type, top five values you want to focus on this year? And these values could be something that you're already doing really well and you just want to continue because it feels good and it makes you happy and fulfilled. Or it might be a value that you have kind of strayed from because of whatever, right? And you want to get back on track, uh, back on track on as far as living your life via your values. And so that's really important. And I think many of us, you know, we all have values, but we lose sight of them for whatever reason and we're not purposely living our lives based on our values. So let's just retrace
0: that because I am a bit like you, firm believer of values and 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 sometimes I'm quite interested to see how my my sort of perspective and priorities change. But I for those people that don't even know where to start and don't, don't even know what a value, you know, what, what values are, what, you know, what are values and how can someone, because I, I agree with you, once you know what you stand for, it's a, it has a massive shift on the things that you do and the way you speak. So if someone hasn't done this, if someone listening is going, yeah, yeah, okay, well, come on, I, I, that that sounds good. I want some of that, but how do I do it? Just lead us through a values exercise. What what is, what is a great way for it? Maybe a young sort of teen or maybe someone a bit like you to sort of, it's never too late to do a values exercise, is it? You know, even if you're listening to this in September. So how can someone sit down and go right okay let's sort of do this as a family exercise what what's the best way to do this for a family to work out their values and and stuff like that
1: right so you know you can search on the internet for a list of personal values okay and print it out or or look at it and then just kind of highlight the words that resonate with you and this is a really fun family exercise because what I highlight as important to me is very different than what my kids highlight. Yeah. And also yeah. my husband, right? So we just did this, you know, this past weekend. And um it was very enlightening to see uh what what the kids highlighted and why why they chose it. And I was also very anxious to share with them what I highlighted as things that I want to concentrate on and why it's important to me. Um, so just, you know, go on the internet, look for a list of personal values, print that out, highlight the things that resonate with you. And, and you know, initially don't, don't spend too much time thinking it, highlight every word on that yeah. list that, and then kind of go back and choose the top five, let's say. Um, Cause some, some values are very similar. Oh, so it's, yes. Really, it's really about the word that resonates with you. Yeah. That's what's really important. And then go back and star the ones or circle the ones, the the top five. Yeah. And then think about, you know, how you can start living your life more purposeful towards those values. Now, in our program, we our, our project who my program, that is one of our steps that we have in our four-step program, is we um have the students go go through a very thorough exercise about. Um, picking their values and evaluating their life against those values. And then, you know, values should absolutely fit into, you know, the career that you choose. Exactly.
0: And I think nowadays, maybe, um, you know, it's something well worth sort of any sort of young person to go through their values to work out, um, as you say, how they can start. Living by them. Um, You know, having said that, it was quite funny. A while back, I was listening to a podcast um, and it was uh, some doctor or you know, sort of mentor in this in I think Australia, saying how the youth of today are so selfish and um how that all they do is they think about themselves and their values are, uh you know and I just sort of thought hang on a minute weren't we all a bit like that? And I mean, you know, I it's quite funny because my sort of kids' values, I, I haven't actually done this for a while. It might be worth that, they'll probably roll their eyes if I suggested it, but it, it's a it, you know, when I was a teenager, I wanted to have that sense of fun, and I wanted to have that sense of adventure, and, um, you know, and and yet, yes, I wanted to have all that, but also those core beliefs of maybe honesty, and trust, and um, compassion, and, you know, our, our, our kids, I think, are very tuned in to um, the world around them and and supporting those causes that are very true to their heart. And I think when you do the, when each of us do this value, these values exercises, we are able to see what truly matters to us, aren't we?
1: Right. Right. And, you know, being selfish, I think, is different than being self-aware. So. It's very important to know what's important to you. Yeah. And that's not being selfish at all. That's being insightful, self aware, purposeful, right? And those are very different um, adjectives than selfish. Yes. The other thing about, and I'm not a uh, uh, teenage development expert, I'll just put that disclaimer. But, you know, thinking about teenagers and what what they're going through in the teenage years, they are being selfish because they're they're trying to figure out who they are as a person. Right. And, you know, they're they're breaking away from their family and realizing I'm I'm a I'm my own person. I'm not my mom. I'm not my dad. I'm not my sibling. I'm my own person. So who is that? And speaking you know kind of being selfish and demanding for themselves I think is just part of uh the developmental life cycle right because they're 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 trying to figure that out and one way to express that is to be selfish (laughs) but I think it it
0: can also because I think it it can be quite unsettling when our kids are moving because you know Let's face it, for the first seven years, they basically have the same values as their parents, don't they? I mean, because right. that is their environment. And then their environment is getting bigger and bigger. And hence their values start changing a bit. So for some parents, when we sort of suddenly see our Children's opinions changing, or they might be kicking the tires and sort of testing the boundaries and sort of, you know, questioning things. That can be quite disconcerting for parents. Oh my gosh, they're going to turn into lazy layabouts and, you know, but also it's quite, it must be quite hard. I remember it being so quite hard for the teenagers who are going oh hang on a minute I used to be like this where it was fairly rock solid and now everything's a bit more fluid and that fluidity can introduce sort of questioning oneself and that's that's always a bit unsettling when you're trying to work out who you are and what you stand for
1: yeah and I think that that shifting and moving I think it's you know when, when you're trying to find yourself again, you get, you, you might be highly influenced by others, your friends, um, especially. And so, you know, I think if, if there's teenagers out there that are feeling like they're on a very, they're on a boat and it's swaying all over mm. and it's nauseous, you know, I would say it's stop looking at what others are doing and, and sit down and, and think about what's important to you and why. And your friends can definitely influence that answer because that's the beauty of a community. Um, we live in a world with other people, so that that's normal. But don't, don't um, choose a value because your friend chose it. Choose a value because your friend did X, Y, Z and you really admired that and found value in that and you realize wow that's important to me too Mm -hmm. and I think you know if you kind of um shift your thought process around that you'll stop feeling you know oozy and swaying all over the place and you'll feel more grounded because you've spent the time to really think about you know the things that are going in your head and whether that's important or not and why you know, it's important to do that, that way you can feel grounded. So the values exercise is that it's, it's,
0: as you say, it grounds you and it's a great first signpost, isn't it? To, to sort of help you sort of point in the right direction. Um, And, and I, I refer to it as the anchor, the thing that you can always refer back to, you know, it's, it's, if you're looking at a decision if you know your values, if you know what your motivator is, it's quite, it makes it easier for you to sort of oh. go, is, is, that, is that a yes or is that a, a, oh, absolutely no way sort of decision? But what are the next steps? Because, you know, the thing is, is for kids, a lot of the ones that I'm speaking to are sitting there going, I've no idea where I'm heading. I've no, which is understandable. I mean, you know, I don't know if you're doing what you thought you were going to be doing, you know, when you were 17, I turned in circles a hundred times, but what do you say to kids when they sort of go, I've no idea. And, and, you know, they're put, they're put under pressure as you've got to choose the right subjects or you've got to choose the right school or the right college. And and it's like, mate, I don't know, I don't know which way's up. So how can I make life-changing decisions? Because I think kids and our and us as parents find that those decisions quite well very stressful because what happens if we get it wrong in air quotes?
1: Yes, I <laughs> what happens if we get it wrong? So so my advice to teenagers is really just to stop and 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 spend some time thinking about these four things. And so we talked about values already. Yeah. Um and we outline this in our program. And then the, the other thing to think about is, what have you been really good at? What's your strength? Because when you base a career off of something that you're really good at, it's going to be a lot easier than choosing a career um, that, that is based off of something that you're not good at. It's, it's like rolling a boulder up the hill. You don't want yeah. to choose a career where you're like, this is a struggle every, each and every day. You want to choose a career that completely leverages your natural talents. And natural talents are things that you have expressed ever since you were little. And this is where if if you can self-reflect on that, you know, and think about what have I always been good at since I was little? And this might be a little bit hard. And if it is, um, I would really advise to sit down with your parents or your grandparents or people who know you well, because it's a lot easier to see from the outside in as far as the patterns that you've done ever since you were little. And a a great example is, and I tell this example all the time, so I'm sure others are probably bored with it. But um, well, my daughter, Naya, who's part of our business, um, she has always been a persuader. And And she's been a persuader in many different things. (laughs) When we remember, you know, she's the kid that would say, oh, mom, I think I'm going to go sell nature and make some money off of nature. So she decided to get a little um, plate and gather nature. And then she went around and convinced neighbors to buy nature from her. And, you know, she made a couple bucks from that, but that is just like one example. Another example is, you know, when she was like 12 or so, she wanted a puppy really bad. So she wrote an essay to us about why a puppy is a good idea, you know? And I have gobs of examples of her persuading us or persuading her friends or whoever about whatever big idea that she has that she thinks is important and she wants. So that's an example of, you know, you know, look at what your natural talents are. We already talked about values. The third thing is, you know, choose something that's interesting to you. And this is super important because any any job you choose, there's going to be days where you just don't want to do it. And okay. so <laughs> or or you have to do something that you don't want. So when you choose something that's interesting that will give you the extra energy to go forth and do that thing because it's interesting to you yeah and then um the last thing okay i i I have a brain fart about what the last thing is so we got strengths values interests oh and the last thing is your work preferences you know work preferences are very much understated as far as an important factor And an example of this is um, I switched jobs early in my career because I realized that I prefer to work with people 80% of my workday. And I was was choosing a job that where I was working by myself 80% of the day. Totally. And and when you choose a job that doesn't align to your preferences on the way that you want to work, it's going to make the job miserable. You have to think about that, and
0: you're so right. But I think the thing is, is that many a times, and this is sort of speaking from bitter experience, is you don't quite have it all fathomed out until you've started to dive in, because. I, my, my, myself included, but our family seem to be the master of U-turns in that I'm just going to go and do that sort of career. And then, you know, I mean, my, my daughter, well, I'll use Alice as an example. She, um she did her, her A-levels, which, you know, sort of her sort of exams that she did when she was sort of 17 to, to come out of school and going to college. And the day, the night before the results came out, she went, I suddenly realized I don't want to do this. And it was like, oh, OK, um, because I think what had happened is she'd gone down this route of these are the hurdles you have to jump over until you get there. And then and, and so she had suddenly given herself the space and realized, oh, actually, no, this isn't what I want to do, um, which is fine. So she sort of changed direction. And then she because she was going to do business and she decided, no, right, we'll change that. And she went into hospitality. Um, and so studied hospitality and came out the other side with a first. And then went, I don't want to do that either, because she had had. I think the thing is, is it's when we start having experiences in life that we suddenly go, oh, is this for me or is this not for me? And as you sort of said, you know, you you sort of suddenly realize as as my son did. There's no way I want to do a desk job like this for the rest of my life. Whereas other people might love it, but right. you, you sometimes you don't know what you don't want until you've sort of done it. Does oh, that does,
1: does that make sense? Am I rambling? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think you know, as a society, we put a lot of pressure on our kids and ourselves to get it right the first time, yeah. because life is a journey, and so is your career it's not a one-time, you know, decision. It's a, it's a journey throughout life um, because, you know, when, when you live one way that many people get fulfillment is through work. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a journey. So um, one thing that I really highly recommend for everybody, as far as this topic is concerned is especially young people. Cause you, you, you know you're early in your stages is don't ever attach yourself to a job, a company, a role, a person. Instead, attach yourself to something that is meaningful and important to you, yeah, like like you know, a mission, a calling, and a purpose. and And if you do that, that's what should be your career. Whatever, mission calling purpose is for you based on your natural talents, your values, um, your interests and your preferences. If, if you kind of center yourself around those things immediately, early in your career, and then as you, as you dig in, do a job, have experiences, realize, oh, you know, I don't want this, I want that as far as work preferences are concerned, it's not necessarily a U-turn. It's just, it's just your journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if, yeah. but if you attach yourself to those other things like a company, a job, you know, then it feels like, Oh, I made the wrong decision. Yes. Um, because you're, you're attaching yourself to the wrong thing. And I think that, that that's
0: wonderful because you're a sort of attaching yourself to the what what am I doing and, and what you know sort of what, what is my role? Whereas if you sit there and attach yourself to the why, that is the the driver, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. the value, that's the motivator, which is sort of saying, well, the reason why I am doing this, and then that gives you the I, I would sort of say more the beacon and the signpost of oh, yeah. what what's going to drag you out of bed in the morning when it's a wet Wednesday and you can't be bothered <laughs>
1: yes a wet wednesday
0: that's hilarious do you know what i mean that that's when it's sort of you know because that's the kicker isn't it is is because there's so many times when i've just sort of thought oh do you know I, i this is just not for me and and sometimes in past careers that's what's made it really hard work when you're just sort of saying but i'm getting paid for this and i've got to go in and do whereas if you are being motivated by your why it does make that Sort of that sticky hurdle a lot easier to navigate, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. You know, an example um, about this is, you know, my my why, my north star, my purpose is that I really like to help people improve their lives by giving them tools and techniques um, to help them achieve whatever desired outcome they have. Right. And so, if I look at my entire career. I've been following that career. But if you look at it to say, okay, oi, well, you started as a software developer, you went into program project management and then program management, and then you went into, you know, organizational change management, you know, that's kind of like all over the place. And it's like, no, not really. And now you're owning your own business, helping teenagers. It's like, well, it, you know, if you look at it from a job and a company perspective, it, it could totally look like U-turns. But if you look at it um, from a uh, purpose perspective, you know, I've always been helping people improve their lives to, you know, help them get what they want in a better, more efficient way. You know, as a software developer, I created software programs to help people, you know, do their work more efficiently so that they can achieve whatever they want to achieve faster, better. Um, with programs, same thing. I helped my company achieve their goals through delivering outcomes of projects through organizational change management. I helped my leaders change the organization and get their outcome because my whole north star is to help people improve. And now that I own my own business, I'm helping teenagers, you know, achieve their outcome, which is you know figuring out what is their ideal career. So. That's an example of you know choosing something that's based on your calling.
0: That that's a wonderful way of looking at it. You and I, funnily enough, have taken sort of fairly similar paths, and probably a bit of deviation in the middle. But I too started off as um, a software developer, um, and I too have ended up so far helping teenagers. The bit in the middle is a is a bit sort of wishy washy for me. I, I. for whatever reason, did um, uh, wedding and portrait photography. But oh. yeah, it, all, all very different. But you're quite right. It is if you look at it as in where is my role rather than what do I do? It makes it, it does actually sort of feel a lot more fluid, doesn't it? It's just maybe yeah. the environment has changed a little bit. And I think and I, I remember, you know, sort of every single time I my journey or the riverbanks of my journey changed. My parents did sort of sometimes suck their teeth and sort of go, well, there's no permanence <laughs> in this one. But I, I think the thing is, is that we're allowed, we're allowing now ourselves to fit, to think outside of the boundaries of a career for life. I think for many parents, it's still quite tricky because we want our kids to reach their full potential as quickly as possible. But... I think if we allow that fluidity, it does take the pressure off and opens up the 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 I, the doors for more opportunities, doesn't it?
1: It does. And you know the permanence thing. I don't know. For me, permanence means boring, mm. and so you absolutely. know, absolutely. Why do you want to have something permanent for forty, fifty years? That sounds boring to me. <laughs> I that not is very so fulfilling. destroying to me, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that fluidity that you mentioned, I think is in, an important factor to living a fulfilling life. You live a long time. You want to experience new and different things, and you want to grow. As, as a person, you want to continually grow, and you have to have that variety. You have to have that change. Otherwise, you're not growing. Yeah. I,
0: I, and I think I'm just looking at your your sort of four pillars. That you know, you sort of were talking about values, and then we went on to about your natural talents, what interests you. I think the work preferences is really quite important because I was as soon as you sort of said, you know, what are you good at? I, I was sort of looking at my kids because that's you know, so sort of probably where the majority of my experiences, and both of them were particularly good at maths. Um, as was I, which is sort of ironic, and 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 well, not not ironic, but you know, it it, it just a factor. But the point is, is that none of us went into a, a career. You know, the obvious one is sort of statistics or accountancy, because. A, we, we might have been good at it, but it didn't really light our fire. And it sort of for me, now this is a huge generalization, but with the work preferences, when you're crunching numbers all day, um, you know, to me, that sort of says sort of sitting in a basement office somewhere with five screens around you. And and that's one thing that Alice did. She sort of with her good math background, went into the city and she came out after one day and went, I really can't do this. So I think the fact that you've got your four pillars there is, yes, it's great to look at, you know, what you're good at, but it's what you what the soul needs and what your character needs as well, which is probably even more important, isn't it? Because that's the thing, as we keep, you know, keep saying, that's the thing that's going to be your why behind all this. And, and that's what brings the fun and the excitement back, I would think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that you talk about that you guys were all good in math. And when you think math, there's a certain set of careers. But I was also good in math and um, I don't really like math. But what math gives you or gave me is the ability to see patterns. Yeah. And and so it'd be interesting to understand your guys's careers and how you use that ability to see patterns and apply it to um your job because yeah. like for example you know you are meeting with uh students and parents um all day long and you can see the patterns as far yeah. as um common themes and ways to help and so that pattern building is a so so my whole point here is to say oh i get it being good at math is a surface level you know what am i good at yeah. but if you say hey let's peel the onion a little bit and say what about math yeah is easy for you right and a yeah. lot of times when you deal with equations you can see patterns so anyway i think that- no 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 i i
0: you're, you're so right because it's just it it is it's peeling back that layers and realizing how is this applied to everyday and and i think that's the thing isn't it and and you know i've heard so many parents who sort of go you know well, I'm worried about, you know, let's say my middle son. And, right, okay. and they say, because his grades aren't so great, but I know he's going to be OK because he's got the gift of the gab, or I know he's going to be OK because he's... And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's It's not always what you are, you know, it's not always the grades. It's not always the subjects you do. It's the way you present yourself. It's the way you can, what else you can bring and other skills that you can bring to the table. And for some, charisma is just oozing and for others it is a real struggle and i'm not saying that's good or i'm not saying that's bad but those people may be a bit like the persuader that is able to ask their neighbors to give a couple of dollars for two leaves i don't know but you know it's those people you know so it's 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 those sort of innate talents that we still need to be able to draw on in order to help our kids realize you don't always have to go down a certain path, you know, and I don't mean just because you've got the gift of the gab, you're brilliant at sales, but it's just working out, as you say, what comes easy to you, isn't it? Right.
1: And then using that for a particular purpose. Yeah. Because having the gift of gab, you know, is wonderful, but it's how you use it. Yeah. And, and how do you contribute to this world with it?
0: Yeah. But I think doing these exercises, you know, for, for, for kids, if you can try and you, you touched on this, if you can try and get if it's not going to be a parent because, you know, you, you're not, not sort of terribly interested in what they think as a teenager at the minute, you know, maybe um, a trusted sort of adult or a bigger or a grandparent or a tutor to sort of help you realize what You are good at what your talents are, because for many of us, you know, all of us included, what comes easily to us, we think comes easily to everyone, and it doesn't necessarily. So it really, it really helps for someone to throw a fresh pair of eyes, doesn't it, to say, no, 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 actually, this is a strength of yours that you know, if it comes easily and you enjoy doing it, you could really, you know, sort of make a lot of use of that.
1: Right. Oh, you you made a really good point that a lot of times the things that come easy to us, we don't realize that that's not yeah. easy for everybody else. Mm. And so we don't realize that's a that's a strength, yeah. right? That's a really good point. Yeah, and I
0: think the thing is, you know, if you, if you had sort of two kids and said, right, go and sell nature to your neighbors, some would be able to go, I've got this. And others would go, what the heck are you talking about? So it is, it's, it's, it's being able to um, just... Yeah, I suppose bringing in your own personality and, and, you know, what lights your fire. And uh, yeah, just all all those little bits, not just, I think the thing is what I'm trying to say is not just the grades, it's everything else that we bring to the party that makes us those rounded individuals and the unique people that we need to be in order to bring something different to whatever we are doing, be it jobs, be it relationships or whatever. Absolutely. Tell me, this is all very well, but how, as a parent, then, can we support our kids? Yes, right, okay, and and I am definitely putting, obviously, all your um, links to your programs and sort of stuff like, you know, to your program, because this is really um, invaluable. But how, as a parent, can we, when we've sort of gone down the old school route, how can we open our eyes and go, okay, well, I need to be more flexible. I need to support my child. So what is it that we can do to sort of help our children find I don't want to say career because that's that, that's sort of again putting attachment to the role, but how can we help our kids to find that sort of fulfillment that they need that is going to shape their journey better?
1: Yeah. How how can parents help their teens find their purpose and, and how they want to, you know, make a difference in this world? Yes. Like, how do they want to yes. contribute to the world? You know, a couple things. First, I think, you know, it's really important to sit down with your teen and just say, you know what, I had a realization that I've been thinking about things old in an old-fashioned way. And just have transparency and be vulnerable with your kid to say, you know what, I wasn't thinking in the right way and I want to be more open to it. So I need your help with it. And yeah. let's discover yeah. Let's discover together it's, what it's, the world looks like, what the new world looks like, because I know it looks very different than what I, when I was growing up. So one, have, be vulnerable and, and open yourself up to your teen and then do the journey together. Second thing is, you know, listen to your teenager. They are wanting to be their own person yet they still need you and so there's a bit of um pieces that they're going to you know keep as far as yeah being their own person and there's a bit that they're going to be different than you and so going back to values i think it's a lot of the times what i've what i've encountered as far as my own kids um when we have a disagreement or a a disagreement or thinking about things different, it always, always stems to values. What I find is important. My values is different than what my kids find is important. And, and if you're, you're finding yourself at crossroads with any topic, I would just recommend to pause and talk about, you know, Hey, I just want to step back a little bit and talk about why why this topic is so important to me and and just kind of disclose that information and then have it, then stop and listen to what they have to say about what's so important to them about that topic cuz it's going to be different than yours and both are valid both are valid and recognize that your teenager is becoming this beautiful human being that, you know, part, they're going to take part of you and they're going to be their own thing. And so just, just let them, you know, voice their being and listen to what they have to say. And, and then it'll be so revealing as far as your understanding of them. I, you're so right. And
0: I think the thing is, is that's what we forget as parents, um, is we feel that we should be leading from the front the whole time. And actually, boy, it's, listening and through that we learn and 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 I think learning is you're never too old to learn are you and if you can go on this journey with your child um it's going to make it so much more rewarding for everyone isn't it
1: yeah and that's the transition between being a parent of a kid yeah being a parent of an adult the teenagers yeah. are, they got their foot in the, being a kid and they got their foot into trying to be an adult. And it's that transition period because, you know, I have an, an adult um, child at the moment. And I just want to say it's wonderful. Um, when she was 14, 15, 16, oh my God, I was going to lose it because <laughs> our relationship was so terrible. And I've learned a lot from her as far as what that to do. And yeah. so um you know parenting my second child who's 16 now is a lot easier even though they're very different kids um but yeah just you know that transition be- between being a parent of a kid and being a parent of an adult is is this transition
0: uh, I you're quite right and it's it's just Taking one hat off and putting another hat on, isn't it? I, I say it's moving um from sort of the managerial role to being a mentor. And um yes. I, I think I think we just have to accept that the goalposts do change and um it is it it's it's hugely rewarding if we're not as parents sort of too sort of stuck in our own ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my love, this has been wonderful, and I, I really want to thank you because it's it's so important, um, you know. So, so for for teens to realise that it, it's okay out there, just to go with the flow sometimes, and it's also important for parents, as we've just said, to be able to listen and maybe to learn a little bit. So, thank you for your time, and thank you for your sort of generosity. You do have um, a handout, I know. It's a, it's a career guide based on the students natural talents so um i'll put that in the show notes as well for people to download and so that they are able to contact you
1: yes thank you so much
0: oh yeah i really appreciate it thank you so much indeed thank you thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favor, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.